The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrook Weekly Mirror, the unofficial once upon a time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, November 17th, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series as casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts. First up, she had to dig deep inside to find out the true reason she wanted to remain held by the darkness. It's Katie Cat. Hi guys. I am so I'm really excited to talk about um Sunday night's episodes. Um they were really interesting and there's a lot to go over. Next up, she needed a smooch with her boo uh, to light up <laughs> The Prometheus Flame. It is Ashley Michelle. Oh, thank God. Yes, yes. I had to kiss Colin O'Donoghue for that. I'll take everything (laughs) for that. Hey, guys. I hope you guys are having a good night. I can't wait to get into this with you guys. And we have a very special guest tonight. She was changed to a tree, and Merlin started choking her with the vine. But fortunately, (laughs) he snapped out of it just in time so that she can survive and join us tonight. It is Priscilla. If I can survive an evil queen, I can survive this. Hey! (laughs) Tis true. Touché. So, unfortunately... Ava Stark and Pimenta aren't here with us tonight. Uh, I believe they went on uh, a journey to, uh, you know... An epic quest. An epic quest, uh, yes. So, hopefully they will be back next week. Or uh, not even next week. Hopefully they'll be back next time. Because we do have uh, a week break next week. So let's jump into our recap. Oh. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) Let me do a programming note for the listeners. Tonight, if you're listening to us uh, live uh, when uh, we air on Tuesday nights, we're actually going to be splitting up the episodes into two distinct episodes. I know it was a two-hour broadcast, so for this first hour, we will be uh, recapping uh, the first half of the two-hour extravaganza, episode 508, and then another episode will air immediately following which will be for episode 509, uh, titled The Bear King. So this episode of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror will focus specifically on birth, which is uh, episode 508. So let's jump into our recap of it, and it aired on November 15, 2015. So here's the official synopsis of uh, the episode. 
tensions in Camelot come to a head when Merlin, now under Arthur's control, delivers an ultimatum to Emma. Hand over the Dark One dagger and the Promethean spark or he will kill her entire family. Refusing to give in, Emma and our heroes face off against Arthur, Merlin, and Zelina in an epic battle of magic and will. Just when the end is in sight, Emma is forced to make a gut-wrenching choice that no one saw coming. Back in Storybrooke, Zelina's pregnancy mysteriously accelerates, and Hook goes to new and desperate lengths to get answers from the Dark One. Oh my. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to birth. Uh, we'll start off with Katie. Um, I really like this episode. I thought that there was a lot of our main cast, which was great. It focused mainly entirely, I think, on our main cast, which was fantastic to see. Um, and it gave us a lot of answers, which we've all been, you know, kind of curious about. Um, and I, I just, I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked it a lot. Obviously, I'm um, partial to it because I really do like Captain Swan. Um, <laughs> but besides <laughs> for that, <laughs> besides putting that aside, uh, I really thought it was a really well done episode. So, yeah. Ash? I was thoroughly entertained and my heart was definitely ripped out of my chest. I... It, it's been a long time since I could watch a show and not be conscious of how much time is left thinking, okay, I have this much more to go through. I was checking my phone to see how much time I had left because I didn't want it to end. This, uh, this episode really filled a lot of um, the emptiness inside of me from, I guess, of not having the answers and not really knowing what happened and who we really needed to be mad at and stuff like that. And I'm really glad that it was done this way. I think the writers did a fantastic job with this episode. And so, yeah. Priscilla. <laughs> I was talking to somebody else and the metaphor like consider me the dead sea was like perfect for this because I'm both like a giant pillar of salt and angry like at a couple of things that happened during this episode like how they they played through as opposed to angry as a person about it and I'm like a sea just crying about like so much stuff that was heart-wrenching and just uh so many feels it was it was a good episode to be able to bring that about and yet I have some quibbles about it oh my the feels the feels <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the episode immensely. I thought there was a strong plot. I uh, liked the twists and the turns, although we'll see what ends up happening with the twists and the turns in the future. But overall, I liked what we saw in the flashback. I liked what we saw in present day Storybrooke. I'm glad uh, a certain person is, is there to live to see another episode, which was fantastic. <laughs> and, um, huh. yeah, so I, I think overall it was a solid, uh, solid episode. Uh, and, of course, you know, seeing the return of, of a character in Storybrooke was pretty neat as well. 
So let's get into the episode. And before we start off, just a quick shout out to the opening title sequence. Uh, I, I love the title cards, uh, how they always change them. And this week we saw the Vault of the Dark One with darkness emerging from it. Ooh, foreshadowing. So uh, let's get into uh, the flashbacks of the episode. Uh, we'll start off in Camelot. And now they finally let us know what time it is. It's three weeks ago in Camelot. And we see Emma. She's got the box with the spark. She can't light it, you know, but she needs to do it to reunite the sword together. And uh, apparently Henry's there and they're waiting on everybody. You know, the folks that went to get Excalibur haven't returned. Merlin is missing. Granny's there, though, being sassy as ever. And then they get frozen with magic by Merlin. Bam. And basically Merlin says, you know, I'm under Arthur's control. Arthur has tethered me to Excalibur and he has ordered me to unite the sword. So I'm going to need that spark and I'm going to need that dagger. And uh, please be nice about it because I don't want to hurt people. And basically he says that Arthur has her family and he will kill them unless she hands over the dagger and the flame. And... um, Emma basically says, I'm not giving up without a fight. And Merlin begs her not to seek vengeance and not to make the same mistakes as Nimue. Yeah. Oh, no. So uh, Emma, she's, she tries to, uh, you know, create the spark. But then we have Rumpel's manifestation there and basically says, you know, you're not going to be able to do it because, you know, you still are trying to hold on to um, the the darkness and this or the other. And, um, you know, he's, she's going to have to reject the darkness so that she can light the Prometheus flame and uh, Henry finds Emma talking to herself and, and basically you know she's like what are the voices saying and uh, she tells him that they say that she's not ready to give up the darkness and so he shows her a um, newspaper clipping of a house that he and Hook were looking at for what they're calling Operation Light Swan and uh, Emma says that she has to use the darkness again, you know, for one last time. So uh, she ventures into the woods and uh, she finds Arthur there with the family tied to trees. So let's pause right here and let's discuss what's happened thus far. What do we think of Operation Light Swan as well as uh, finding out, uh, as if we could not have assumed from what we saw in the previous episode, that... uh, Arthur would want some sort of trade uh, so that he could uh, reunite Excalibur with the dagger. Priscilla. Um, well, I really liked the, the contrast between when Hook came in and he's just kind of like, this is a nice place. And to you realizing in this episode, well, yeah, it's because you picked it. And I loved the fact that they called it Light Swan, like that, that was a nice shout out considering now everybody's calling her Dark Swan. But um, I really don't like Merlin. Like, he's very much a limpet in everything, just kind of like a puppet and being like, I can't do anything, so I'm just gonna give up. Everybody, please be nice while I fuck shit up. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, he, besides Arthur just being like terrible, like, Merlin, I think I'm angrier with him more by like not giving it a shot or fighting back. Ash, your thoughts? 
I'm so done with Arthur. I just want him dead. <laughs> just, just somebody, just do it for me. That's, he seems he's just beating a horse that's been dead for a couple of years now, and it's 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 kind of sad watching him really try to fight for his future when he doesn't have one anymore. Really, Ooh. he's ruined himself. But Operation Light Swan gives me life. That just Henry's <laughs> acceptance so openly of what's happening to Emma inside her head is such a great metaphor even for mental illness. Like how he just like, okay, well, what are the voices saying? And he was just really nice and calm about it. And he didn't act like it was wrong of her to be listening to them. I really liked how they did that. Oh, the feels, the feels. <laughs> Katie, what are your thoughts on Operation uh- Light Swan? Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, it kind of, it like killed me inside because it was so beautiful. Um, it, oh, it was, it was really beautiful. And just, I don't know. I don't, they, uh, they said basically what I wanted to say, um, that it was just done so well. And, you know, it's such a contrast to everyone else calling her the dark swan. And they have, you know, this operation, t- uh, in a contrasting um, title as Operation Light Swan, um, which is really, you know, pretty to see. Um, it's nice to see them working to, you know, get her back to the person that she was and to give her hope, um, which is, you know, what the show is all about, basically. And um, it shows Emma that there is a future there and that, um they're working towards a future as which is something that you know in the first season she wouldn't have even thought she'd ever have you know she um was not looking for a bright future she didn't think she had a bright future in store for her and now she has that opportunity and so it was it was really um beautiful scene and i really liked how they wove that into the episode especially right at the beginning um and then I am done with Arthur. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's just, oh my gosh. Uh, but he, Liam Garrigan does such a great job portraying this king who has gone insane with this quest for his future and the selfishness. And he's just, he plays it so well. And as done as I am with him, I do applaud. Um, the actor for portraying him so well. So, yeah. Arthur is batshit cuckoo. Yeah, basically. (laughs) He's obsessed. Horrible. Horrible. (laughs) Arthur, we are done with you. But let's get into this epic battle, which was fantastic. So Emma is in the woods. She's got a little box with her. And uh, basically she's like, Arthur, free my family. I'll give you the dagger and the spark. But first you got to free them. And so then he's like, well, you better give me the dagger and the spark first or I'm going to unleash Merlin on him. And Zelina's there and she approaches Emma and she's like, ooh, I've always wanted to play with the Dark Swan. And she's like, who should I kill first? Your Boothang or your Papa? And so then Emma hands Zelina the box with the spark. She opens it up and then swoosh, we have all these uh, magical stuff going on around her. And basically there's a spell inside that traps her against a tree. So Arthur is furious that Emma tricked him. And then he's like, Merlin, fight her, do battle using magic. And Merlin says that um, 
he wishes Emma could defeat him, but obviously he's had practice, you know, all this time, and so then they start magicking with each other, and she's got, like, the light magic, and he's got, like, a blue magic, which is fantastic, but then, bam, she gets knocked on her back, and Arthur, believing that he has the upper hand, he orders Merlin to kill Mary Margaret, and so he does little magics and stuff, and a vine appears out of nowhere and starts choking Mary Margaret. Starts off with, like, a little vine, then it gets to, like, a big, thick-ass vine in, like, seconds, and she's all choking, <laughs> and, like, uh, branch, dude. And all that kind of stuff. Poor Mary Margaret. She's always getting choked, isn't she? Do you yeah. really have to say it like that? Oh, my. So Emma's pleading with Merlin to fight back against Arthur. You know, you're the greatest sorcerer of all time. You know, you can you can fight off the darkness. You know, if you can't, nobody can. And it works for a couple minutes. And the vines, you know, disappears. Mary Margaret stops getting choked. And Arthur's continuing to force Merlin. And, you know, he's being pushed to the limits. And uh, while all this stuff is going on and Merlin's saying, No, I can't hold it back for too long. Bam! Hook, uh, de-hookifies himself and frees himself <laughs> from the tree and comes at Arthur. You know, Arthur takes a swing at him with the sword and nicks him a little bit. And then Arthur gets, you know, tossed down to the ground, you know, with, um, you know, his, Hook's foot is on his hand or his head or something. And, uh, you know, they take the sword away from him. And then Arthur runs off like a scared little boy, releases Zelina, and then poof, uh, they magic themselves I'll elsewhere. Get you next time. My pretties. And your little dark one, too. <laughs> that was good. Good job. A plus. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we have to stop right here because that was just epic and fantastic in and of itself. What did we think of this uh, battle between Emma and uh, Arthur and them? Arthur et al. I adore Zelina. She's one of those like villains that you love to hate. So having her be like, oh, I, I want to face up against the Dark Swan. I'm like, oh, shit, two against one. What the hell is she going to do? That box trick was amazing. It was the perfect way to get her out of the way. And that light battle between Merlin and and Swan, I was just like, I'm, I was pulling for Swan. I'm like, well, you're the, like, the product of true love and you had like light magic before plus like you're going you're going up against a guy who's stuck in a tree for a really long time so maybe you can match up with him didn't work not at all but <laughs> like the whole hook wriggling out of his way i'm like finally did did one person realize that like that they don't have a hand so they can probably wriggle <laughs> out of these things <laughs> i was i, I was like okay expecting this but really hoping that emma would have pulled through as stronger but it was a good fight katie what'd you think of the fight i thought it was really cool um they had really great special effects and it was just it was it was really intense and uh i honestly didn't know exactly what was going to happen you know i figured zelina and arthur would you know poof out of there or something but uh it was really intense getting up to that point and um it was crazy and it was it was fun to see you know hook kind of break free and um yeah it was i really liked it i loved um 
Merlin and uh, Emma going against each other through magic. It was it was kind of like a scene from Harry Potter almost with uh, wand fights and all that. So oh, yeah. that was really cool. Uh-huh. I liked it a lot. Ash, what'd you think? I love watching Hook pull his weight around. And it was just an added bonus to watch him kick Arthur's ass. <laughs> and step on his and step on him and go. I think this belongs to somebody else. And Arthur to have to like run away because a little pirate kicked his butt into the next century. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> or three weeks later. <laughs> exactly. Good grief! I was so happy to see Arthur get his. You have no yes. idea because he is just like the worst douchey horrible person that we've met in a long time he's kind of you know he's kind he reminds me of uh king george yeah like a young king george just like an asshole he reminds like me of original from robin hood oh uh, the the sheriff no yes. like prince john oh prince yeah. john yes prince oh john. prince yeah. john yeah I think the uh-huh. bad part about him is, like, unlike other villains, his whole impetus is kind of like, why me? I was supposed to get this. Me, me, me. Like, maybe you could draw parallels with, like, Zelina. And to be fair, she was my least favorite villain before um, um, Arthur came about. Just because I don't like villains that don't have like a good reason beyond being like children beyond being like scared little kids yeah. that should have gotten something so I think that's the big problem with Arthur that and he makes everyone look like a dumbass while he's like <laughs> running circles around them like haha look I've been keeping this secret while I twirl my mustache yes <laughs> it makes me feel bad for all the other characters because they look stupid in comparison to him which is sad because they're really smart characters they should be seeing through this so get him getting his own here perfect yes yeah it was awesome and uh, okay so let's continue on and this is the the part that uh, Katie and Ash and and even Priscilla got in their feels. So <laughs> Emma thanks Hook, and uh, she uh, uses her magic to heal the cuts on his neck. Oh, it's only a nick. It's a, it'll be fine. Foreshadowing. <laughs> He's gotten worse scratches by itching his nose with the wrong hand. Exactly. So, uh, basically, you know, they have the sword, they grab it, you know, they just need to light the spark, and then, bam, the darkness will be eradicated. So, back at Granny's, Hook, uh, you know, basically, you know, fills Henry in on on what's happening, and uh, David and Regina report back that Arthur is far, far away, they can't find him, he's no longer in in the woods, and Emma's outside with the spark trying to make it work, Regina comes out, and um, basically, she's like, you know, you can, you just need to... you know, say the truth why you aren't ready to give up the darkness, you know, you have to let us know, you know, you have to say it for yourself, you know, I have experience with the darkness, I know it can be tempting, this, that, or the other, and so, (laughs) bam, Regina grabs the dagger and commands her, 
to tell her why she's afraid of the darkness. And uh, first she says it's because she can't protect her family if she does. And then Regina's like, that's not the truth. She's like, the truth is deeper than that. Tell me the truth. And then all of a sudden, Hook and David and Mary Margaret come out and snatch the dagger from Regina and tell them that that you're you're being cruel and she's like i'm not being cruel you know i'm trying to help her find the truth even if it is painful and so emma runs away into the woods hook follows and he apologizes for regina and emma says that regina was right and uh, she shows him the ad for the house and basically she says i am afraid of the future and he asks if she's scared to move in with him and she says it's everything and um uh, that she says that she's afraid because she does want a future with him. And the minute the darkness is gone, bam, the future begins. So they kiss, and then bam, the spark lights up. So they all get happy, and they head back over to Granny's. And uh, she starts performing the ritual of with the flame. So the flame sort of... Uh, you know, emerges from the box and it lights even brighter. And, uh, you know, she does all this magical stuff. She starts to merge the dagger with the Excalibur. And then, oh no, shit hits the fan. And Hook starts bleeding ridiculously from his neck. And he falls to the ground. And then, uh, you know, everyone's like, what's going on? And she's like, you know, I healed him. It was only a nick. And then Merlin fills them in that uh, Excalibur was created to uh, remove immortality from people. And uh, once you get sliced with it, cuts or a little nick or anything, you know, you and basically die. You know, there's no cure for it. There's no magic that can cure the effects of being uh, cut with Excalibur and uh, Emma's like there has to be something you know that there's something there has to be something and so obviously she gets the idea to do something and uh, Merlin's like no you can't do that you know because you'll double the darkness and then you know you're gonna have to pay the ultimate 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 like big ass ultimate price <laughs> to remove it and she's like i don't care and everyone's like you know you need to listen you know you can't do this and hook is all like you know forever is now and she's like no it'll never be forever without you and so poof they magic out of there and they drop into the field of uh, the beautiful middle mist and uh Basically, Hook is like, you know, I'll be happy knowing that you have a future. And then she's like, but I'm not going to be happy with just that or something like that. And so then she starts doing some sort of thing with um, Excalibur and Hook. Back at Granny's, we see Merlin, uh, you know, start to get the darkness extracted from him. We see all that, like, ectoplasma thing uh, emerging from him and everyone's like what's going on and he's like it's too late and so then we see that same darkness ectoplasm thing emerge from Excalibur and it gets into Hook and uh, we see Excalibur light up and uh, Hook lights up and then Hook disappears, and then we see from the Dark One's uh, vault, we see uh, the um, ectoplasma darkness goo emerge, and it forms into Hook. And he's got his own Dark One cloak on, and he's all extra darkness. And then, bam, Emma 
immediately flashes from her white gown into the dark one with white hair and uh, leather jacket and that kind of thing. Bam! So that's the end of the flashbacks in Camelot. So I'm sure everyone has an opinion on what happened, and we'll start off with uh, Katie. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Were you reliving it as I said it? Yes! Yes, I was! was It happened exactly like that, right? Exactly. Yes. Sitting here bawling my eyes out. (laughs) Um. I heard that so, in an original version, Granny was the one that popped out of the Dark One vault. Wow, that's very interesting there. No, not really. <laughs> oh, Katie, I heard that Granny becomes the Dark One next episode on your show. Is this true? <laughs> I hope yes, you get many yes. asks about that. Oh my gosh, shoot me right now. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, wow, that was, I don't know if I was... I really wasn't expecting this to happen. This was a plot twist that I actually have not called in a very long time. Um, So it was really interesting. I mean, I knew he was going to die. I figured he was probably going to die. But I didn't realize that he was also going to turn into the Dark One, which is super interesting to me that there's two Dark Ones, and how is that exactly working? Double the Um, darkness, baby. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> it was, uh, it's really interesting. Um, but that scene was so beautiful. Um, it really was. I love how she transferred them to the fields of the Middle Mist, which obviously has, um, it has a lot of, um, romantic. That's, that's where they made out. Exactly, that's what I was just saying. They, uh, okay. they had a lot of I broke it down for you. <laughs> Where he broke down her walls. Oh my lord! <laughs> she did break down. He did. And then and then they kissed in the forest again, and he broke down extra walls. Okie dokie. So, um... It was really beautifully done, and they... Uh, Colin O'Donoghue and Jennifer Morrison did such a great job with that scene, and I really liked how... Um, he, Hook was willing to give up his life knowing that she was going to be happy and that she had a bright future and that was enough for him, which is so powerful knowing that he was so hellbent on revenge and fulfilling all of these, you know, things to get revenge, um, for the loss of his first, um, loved one. And now he's come all this way where he's willing to just die because he knows that um, Emma has a future and he's happy that she has one. And he doesn't, you know, need to be alive to be happy that she has a future. Um, And then, you know, it was very heartbreaking to see her not want to give that up. And, you know, she's lost so many loved ones and... She didn't want this to happen again, and so she took drastic measures against his wishes, and um, that's going to cause a lot of tension, as we've seen, so that's going to be really interesting to see. Um, But one last um, little thing that I noticed that was really interesting was when he came up as a dark one from the vault, he his cloak, or whatever he was wearing, resembled a lot of 
um, what he wore when he first met Emma um, way back in season two, which was when he was under disguise. Um, so that was really interesting to me to see that he resembled a lot like what he looked like back then. So really interesting. That. Thank you, Katie. Me neither. Thank you, Katie, for a history lesson. You're welcome. <laughs> Very interesting. Ash, I know that you had a lot of feels. <laughs> well, Katie took almost all of the words out of my mouth. But <laughs> oops. <laughs> <laughs> um I I'm very glad that I was wrong in my previous theory that Emma tethered him to Excalibur to control him and that's why his name was on Excalibur. I'm I'm very glad that that was not the case. This, uh, it's so interesting to think um, about how Cook spent so much time thinking that he would be the Dark One eventually by having to kill Rumpelstiltskin. And he spent so many decades and just working towards that and preparing himself for this. But this is just a, a completely different scenario of now he is the Dark One to be with the woman that he loves instead of to avenge her. And without repeating too much of what Katie said, um, I was in tears. This was so beautiful to see Emma fight so hard and realize that she does not want to lose another person and that she won't let that happen and she's going to do whatever she can to save him. And yeah. This this was one of my favorite scenes that I've seen so far. The feels, the feels. Priscilla, <laughs> did you have the feels? Yes, I had major feels. But <laughs> since they've mentioned a lot of stuff, I'm going to mention uh, other little bits that I've seen. First off, really bad pun when they kissed and and she got her fire got lit by him. He lit her mm -hmm. fire. I was like, oh my god, seriously, they went there? Oh my god, too many things. <laughs> um, so I really like enjoyed the fact that she, she fought for him no matter what, even though what she was doing might be considered wrong because she wasn't willing to lose one more person again. But I will say it was kind of hypocritical for everyone else to judge her for that. I mean, Mary Margaret enacted a curse and broke her heart in two for Charming. And Regina has done so many bad things for Robin, even to the point of asking Emma as the Dark One to save Robin, knowing it would like pull her even deeper as the Dark One. So nobody has a right to judge or to comment on it. And that bugged the crap out of me. But um, yeah. as opposed to that, like the, the middle mist scene was really well done. And I kind of almost feel like what Emma did shouldn't have happened, even though it was really romantic because his last wish wasn't to become the dark one. He hated the dark one. Now that he made his amends and he was a better person, he didn't want to go down that path anymore. But she like, as part of being in love, you're also selfish and you want to keep that person with you. But um, it just didn't work out that way. Well, Hook's way, he got turned into the Dark One. And 
that went against his wishes and made me really sad. Uh, but what I would, what I did notice as a, as a by side note, um, when Anna came out of like the dark one pool, she had on a gray uh, costume, kind of like she hadn't accepted the darkness yet. He had a black one, meaning I'm really worried as to what's going to happen with him. And maybe that whole message that Merlin had last episode where he's like, oh my God, like the dark one's coming. Wasn't Emma, it was him. Mm. Oh my goodness. Look at Priscilla oh, breaking it mm. down. Yeah. <laughs> snap, I didn't think about that. I'm freaked out. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's so funny. And the, and Hook is the one that was like, what did you do? Yep, Black Hook. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, there you go. Good grief. I really like the scene. I mean, I don't think I can add anything else to uh, what the three of you have said, except it was just beautifully shot. It was a powerful scene. It certainly explains a whole lot, and uh, it's interesting the direction that the creators and the writers have taken to uh, to go with, you know, what... Because, I mean, I said this last time, nothing that we've sort of theorized has really come true, which is pretty good. I mean, I think Katie can attest to this. In the past, we've sort of theorized stuff, and they've kind of come true, in a sense. And this season has been a bit unpredictable, which is good. Mm -hmm. I agree. So let's get into present-day Storybrooke, USA. And we start off with um, basically the search of a suspect. We have David, Hook, and Robin ready to confront Arthur in his tent. They bring along weapons just in case. And uh, basically they enter his tent and uh, he's like, Why'd you lie to us? You know, we we know about the Crimson Crown. We've spoken with Merlin. We got a message from him. Who the hell is Nimue? And so, bam, he runs off and flips the table and everything. He must have been a fan of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And uh, he runs into the woods. Nobody laughed. Thank you, people. <laughs> We're not really I laughing. was muted. Thank you. Thank you, Ash. Get the, the, the Judaic reference. Exactly. <laughs> You need a Judaist reference every day, you know what I'm saying? Now, so he escapes into the woods, they pursue him, Arthur trips, there's Hook, you know, kicks him down, draws a ho- draws a sword onto Hook, and just as he's about to kill him, bam, the Dark Swan appears, and they start having an epic sword fight, bam, 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 ch-ch-ch, and uh, she sees that there's, the, the Excalibur has been united, Arthur, you know, it freaks out and uh, basically, you know, she sends Arthur towards a tree, tells him that the sword will control no one now. And, um, you know, Hook thanks Emma and, uh, you know, basically he apologizes for what he said on the ship and she asks, you know, not loving me or, you know, believing who I was and all this kind of stuff. And um, he says that he wants to help her. You know, who is Nimue? Who is Nimue? And she says, don't worry, this will all be over tomorrow. And Nimue doesn't matter. And he asks, why does she need the sword? And as Emma walks away, you know, Hook is saying, you know, there has to be a reason that you're doing this. There has to be. And Emma says, I'm doing this for you. 
poof, she disappears. Let's pause here for a second. How this does happened Arthur towards... even know about Pardon? How does Arthur even know about Nimiway? Because well, I don't uh, know. Merlin was talking about him since he was a kid. He probably mentioned Nimiway at one point or another. Probably, but also, I don't think Arthur responded. Like, he didn't say, I know about Nimiway. He just bolted, you know what I'm saying? So maybe he didn't even know what that meant as well. I mean, it could be sort of either or. Dirty-ass bitch. Rampant well, that too. So <laughs> this obviously happened at the very start of the episode. At this point in the episode, when Emma said, I did this for you, what did you all think? she meant I was actually worried that her like that they had done kind of like a snow charming thing and that like she broke half of her heart to be like with him and she didn't want to infect like his heart with darkness so I hadn't known any of that beforehand but that was like my uh, my prediction to this and completely wrong like and I was <laughs> Glad about that because this is more interesting. But can I point out just one thing too? It made me laugh. Like yes. all of them are coming in, like, yeah, we got this. We have the front of the tent covered. I'm like, it's a tent. <laughs> yeah. What are you all doing? What's going on here? And yeah, it happened. And I'm just like, you all suck. The boys are not back. <laughs> Terrible. The boys are not back in town. Yes. Make sure your exits are covered. And That's too funny. And one giant exit. Make sure you have more than two people covering it. <laughs> oh, Priscilla, what would we do without you? <laughs> That's too funny. Katie, Ash, what did you theorize when you heard Emma say that? Uh, well, I, I thought somehow he had, um, died or something, which he obviously did, but I did not guess that he had become the Dark One in order for, um, him to live. You know, I thought it had to be something like he died or he was mortally wounded or something. I don't even know, but I knew it was something along those lines but not as drastic as it actually was. <laughs> I imagine that he had that he had died. I imagine she cast the curse using his heart. And she tried all of her everything in her power to make sure that he was not sucked into the underworld and that she was trying to get around and use um, the longer way to try to keep him alive and that she was using stuff from Zelina, and she was going to use Excalibur to try to get rid of the darkness so that he could live and that he didn't have a price to pay. And I was delightfully incorrect. This, uh, Yeah, it is so much more interesting to think that now we have two dark ones and to see that he doesn't even realize that he is the dark one and how that's kind of a plot hole in my opinion, but it's definitely something that they haven't explored before and I'm delightfully impressed. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Ash and I sort of theorize uh, during the late hours of the <laughs> night and so that's basically what I 
thought as well. Like, I thought that she used him to cast the curse to return everyone to Storybrooke and to erase the memories and whatnot. And so I assumed that she was using some sort of magic, you know, much like uh, Robin Hood was alive and the Big Boob Fury came out of nowhere and uh, was trying to collect him. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that once you know whatever like let's say the curse was um eradicated that bam the big boobed fury was gonna appear and like start dragging him to hell basically so i was like she's trying to do everything to prevent that and to figure stuff out and this that or the other but obviously that's not what happened although that would have been interesting to see it is quite exciting to have a hook be the dark one so continuing on with our story in present day storybook usa we uh have arthur he's put in a cell and hook wants to know who is nimue who is nimue what are you hiding and he's like i don't know emma took my memories hello <laughs> she, took, she took yours too buddy and uh, hook says that uh, emma told them that it was about it's about me and regina's like it's not about you she's manipulating you she's dark one hello and uh, regina and mary margaret are both convinced that emma is gone oh no and so hook believes that emma she hasn't used the sword yet you know there has to be a reason you know she hasn't gone full-on dark you know and regina's like well maybe she needs another ingredient for her spell so hook is determined to figure out exactly what's going on what went on in camelot what's going on now and so he visits gold uh and in the shop and Bell has a crossbow ready for the Dark Swan, which I don't know if that's going to help, but um, I appreciate the effort, Bell. Go look for a spell in the book. Is- <laughs> I love. I-, I was just kind of like, didn't you see her catch Merida's, like, all of her shots before? Why are you using a crossbow? I don't know. Oh, leave Bell alone. They're having her do something. Yeah. They always, they're always like, let's make Belle do something, like, somewhere, and she's either really intelligent and figuring shit out, she's really stupid, like, the writers have no idea what to do with her. (laughs) Oh, Belle. Just make sure she's behind a desk. Well, soon, (laughs) or with a big purse, but that's a whole other story. So, uh, basically, uh, he's he's trying to get some more information, you know, because you were Dark One, and... um, Gold says that he does have some squid ink set aside, but the Dark One took it because obviously the Dark One knows all, sees all, you know, finds everything. And Hook says the Dark Ones are clever, and he's basically trying to see if if he can at all figure out what's going on inside Emma's head. And uh, basically, he does give some interesting information. He says that he recognized a look on her face, and that look is regret. You need to figure out what her motivations are, you know, because remember me, you know, I was looking for Bay, and I was like, I'll fix everything once I find Bay, and all this, that, or the other. And so he convinced himself that everything was for that, but obviously things did not work out, so he needs to find out what Emma is atoning for, so that he can get some answers, and, uh, basically, he's like, yeah, but I can't find her, and so Hook says that he's, that, Gold says that he's gonna have to give her a reason to find you, so Hook goes outside, starts calling for her, you know, what happened between us, what's going on, what do you want? And Hook is calling uh, 
for Emma, so he stands on top of a roof to get her attention. He's like, oh, bloody hell, let me just jump. And so he jumps, and then bam, Emma catches him. And um, she, she was like, why were you so sure that you'd save me? And uh, he's like, well, either I'm optimistic, or you know, I'm an idiot, or maybe a little bit of both. And he's like, what happened? between us and with everyone in Camelot and he's like whatever happened I forgive you I forgive you you know and she's like <laughs> and she's like well we'll we'll get back to that a little bit later that's called foreshadowing and she's like I don't need that and he says there's nothing that you've done that's that horrible you know as to what I've done in my past you know it'll be okay and so he shows he um he shows her like all these rings you know this one belonged to this guy i killed him in front of his wife this one belongs to another guy you know i he he drank all all my rum and i killed him so you know all these are, are tokens and mementos to remind me of um you know these horrible things that that i've done in the past and so then she shows him the ring that he gave her to keep safe and he's like oh I, I thought i lost that in camelot and he's like no that one belonged to one of the greatest people that i've known in my life my brother liam she tries to give it back but he says to keep it and he says that he wears the rings as trophies but now they're just reminders of his past and he says that he loves her no matter what and she says that she needs to show him something and so <laughs> And so, as we saw in a behind-the-scenes video, then they start skipping away. No, uh, they don't skip away. <laughs> they poof into her house, and she shows him a telescope, and he looks, and he sees the sea and the full moon and the waves, and she's like, I remember that you said the ocean calmed you. And he's like, oh, this is a nice house. He's like, it's a nice house you picked. And she's like, no, I didn't pick it. You did. Look at that newspaper. And he's like, oh, that's my handwriting. And she's like, yeah, you know, you told uh, me that this was our future. And uh, everything that she's done is to keep that future alive. And so once again, he asks for the truth. And uh, she says that they're almost there. And so they make out. And then um, she's like, you know, she can't tell him everything because he will try to stop her. And then he starts to pass out after the kiss. And he gets groggy. And he's like, what are you doing? So let's pause. How the hell does she poison him? With her lipstick? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's the whole Agent Carter thing. There you I go. So. <laughs> so let's talk about this discussion between Hook and the Dark Swan. And the rings and everything. What was everyone's take on this? Because I know the Captain Swan peeps were, like, you holding their hearts. ring! Oh my. Oh. I, I hope it fits on her ring finger. Oh, no. No, no. That is small. That's on a that's on a necklace for a reason. <laughs> Liam had tiny hands. Oh, baby hands. It's on his pinky finger. That was that was such a nice surprise to find out that he that he believed so strongly in his brother that that was the reason why he was still alive. And if that ring isn't enchanted, and if it's just a regular ring, it's not a magical object. That his faith in his brother was so strong that he believed that it kept him alive for centuries. And I think that's beautiful in itself. Huh. But I, th I still think it's enchanted. I think I, it might have been something like a family heirloom. I'm still holding out for the whole 
daddy hook flash forward where it's going to have something to do with that ring and why it's passed on and why people die. But <laughs> if it I is just it a metaphor yeah. for brotherly love, it's nice. But I, I still expect some magic to be put into that thing. I'm like 50-50 on it. I'm not sure yet. But I'm, I'm going to wait till I make my full decision. But that was... Oh, Katie, I know you want... <laughs> I can hear you whining over there. I know. I don't. I really don't know what else to say other than it was really such a beautiful scene. Um, finding out what exactly the ring was, and um, yeah, I just oh, it was re- it was really nice. And uh, when he was going over um, the other rings, I was like rooting for the one he gave. Um, Emma to be from Liam I'm like oh my gosh this has to be from Liam this has to be Liam's ring and it was and oh my goodness I'm so happy that I was right and I don't know it was just it was really beautiful and very interesting to find out even what the other rings he wears were Um, kind of fueled Mm. his revenge I believe was the the uh the symbolism behind them when he was bent on revenge. And now it's a reminder of who he was and who he didn't want to go back to be, which is, you know, foreshadowing kind of as to what happened in the rest of the episode. But yeah, very interesting to find out. Uh, I just wanted to point to to point out one thing. Uh, I'm not, necessarily a shipper so much as I like I like characters I like what makes them happy and him just erasing kind of everything and saying like no it's like I I didn't mean what I said before I really do love you I'm like that's such bullshit come on like you you told her you don't like you don't love her like at one of her most vulnerable points and now you're jumping off of buildings and saying no I love you I'm sorry like uh, well, I don't think he ever said "I don't love you." That that's it could have been interpreted in that way, but it also could not. I, I I don't think I don't know. I personally, and I'm not a huge Captain Swan person. I I like all different types of ships, but I I don't think he necessarily said "I don't love you." He said "I" when love they were on the ship. You. Well, yeah. I mean, he could have he could have been talking about Emma. Emma, you know, versus dark Emma, you know what I'm saying? Because maybe he doesn't see her as the same person, although he knows deep down inside that somewhere she's there. I don't know. What does everyone, are Captain Swanners? It's really weird how they're interpreting that, though, because with Rumpel, they're like, no, he's he's there, he's just also the dark one, and Belle managed to love him that way. Oh, trust me, we've had plenty of discussions about that. How, yeah. It's not the same for Dark Swan and uh, Rumple. No, and it's not the same for for Swan. Both from like her son, her mother, Regina, and Hook all saying this isn't Emma, which I find odd. So with them thinking that and saying no, I loved you. I'm just like, no, she's the same person. What are you doing? Like I side more with Emma throughout this entire bit. So that that part. I was like, no, you're full of crap. I don't like this. There should be more of a battle to get someone's heart as opposed to just being like, no, 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Okay, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I can say about the difference between Rumpel and Belle is that Belle didn't know Rumpel before he was the Dark One, and Hook fell in love with Emma when she wasn't the Dark One. And they are completely different personas. Maybe not people, but their personalities are completely different. Like now, Emma doesn't have anything really holding her back from doing what she wants to do and her morals. And it, it's the pros and cons of being the dark one versus being not the dark one and the things that she does when she isn't not. She is a completely different character as it is. And Hook fell in love with her for when she wasn't like that. And it's hard for him to see her like that now. Because it's not the same person that he knew. And he knows that she's good. She's in there somewhere and that she's good. And that's one of the reasons I was pissed at Regina this episode. With the whole commanding her with the dagger thing. I lost a little respect for her earlier for that. And then for saying that, oh, she's just the dark one. She's going to manipulate you. And no, like Henry and Hook can actually see that she's in there somewhere. And that she's not lost. And Regina and Snow kind of just like lost their faith in Emma, I guess, at this point. But Well, this is where I'll slightly disagree with you. I thought Regina was right with the dagger, because I feel like she was doing it out of a place of friendship. So I don't think it was, you know, much like what Emma said. I mean, Emma even acknowledged it. She was like, she did it for the right reasons. You know, I'm, I'm not mad at Regina. So I don't blame Regina for that. Her saying that Emma is gone... Maybe that was a little bit too much jumping the gun because her and Mary Margaret both said it. And I was surprised when they said it too because we have had episodes where Henry's like, I know she's in there, I know she's in there. And to be quite honest, for being a dark one, Emma hasn't really done that much in yes, Storybrooke. I completely agree. All she's done that's like lasted is turning Dopey into a topiary. Like, that's about it. Oh like, my god, he's still a topiary. And everybody, like, everyone's been like, giving her crap for it and i'm just like regina you did more like the first month is the evil queen than she's done like what <laughs> <laughs> like this is coming from a regina fan and yes i agree yeah i'm a huge fan of it but like sometimes they're real butts about everything on this show like they're just like no you did something bad like and i'll, I'll never be able to forgive you and i'll never like like see this through again but no happy endings I, I forgive you like it's really weird like there are no set rules for something being bad or something being good it just is exactly dun 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 <laughs> well moving into uh, the hospital we have Zelina she's reading Hansel and Gretel to her Aww. unborn child and then bam she goes into pain and she starts screaming she's banging on the door and nurse ratchet appears and she's like i need help and regina and robin hood uh, show up and all of a sudden when the doors open zelina is like nine months pregnant <laughs> with you know the big ass belly and everything and she was Never only two months pregnant exactly so her pregnancy has accelerated and they're trying to figure out why and she's like dark magic never eat you know onion rings when the dark swan uh, <laughs> gives them to you so they wheel her into um, an emergency room dr whale is there with his platinum blonde hair and uh zelena's like get this 
angry baby out of me. And Whale is like, you know, well, the last time you were here in the hospital, you were stealing babies. Well, at least, you know, you had the fun in creating your own. And Regina asks him about his hair, and he's like, hey, you know, Emma's got platinum blonde hair, and no one's questioning that. And uh, just as uh, they're about to... Oh, wait before that he has a great line of like you know last time you were here you slammed me against the wall please don't let this happen again <laughs> and so bell and mary margaret they run in and basically tell him that emma's gonna be coming for the baby she needs the cries of a newborn child and zelina begs regina to take off the magical cuff regina says no Zelina immediately delivers a baby girl and as everyone is you know waiting in the halls for the dark swan they, uh, Regina goes in to meet her new family, and uh, Robin's holding the newborn, and then poof, Emma arrives, and uh, she's she whooshes Doctor Whale against the wall again, or he gets uh, whooshed against the wall again, and Emma says that she's not there for the baby, but she's there for Zelina, and then poof, they disappear. Dun dun dun. So, Zelina and Hook are both chained in Emma's basement, and um, Zelina thinks that Emma's casting a spell to take her magic. Emma arrives, and basically she says that, no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm going to be giving dark magic, my dark magic, to you, Zelina. And so they all figure it out that, oh, that basically they need to tether the darkness into Zelina, and then she's going to kill Zelina so that the darkness disappears forever and uh hook is like you know you can't do that you're you know you can't kill somebody and uh she reminds him that Zelina killed neil and marion and hook says it's murder and uh hook says that they can talk to merlin but she says that he can't help them anymore and hook asks again you know why are you really doing this why are you doing this and um so uh, outside of the house, you know, they, they're, they're figuring out what's going on and uh, they've arrived at the Dark Swan's lair and this is um, Mary Margaret, David and Regina and Regina's like, no one's going to hurt my sister except for me. And so Emma uh, shows up and uh, she uses basically um, Excalibur. She like puts it into the ground and well she tells them first you know i'm going to do what you couldn't do or i'm going to do something that you're going to thank me regina with zelina and that kind of thing and then she puts excalibur into the ground and it freezes everybody right and so while the dark swan is away uh there we have zelina and hook still in the basement and uh Basically, Zelina's like, I wish that I had this cuff off because then, you know, we, I could zap us out of here. And he's like, well, I do have magic on my hook. I was going to take your heart. But uh, with this enchanted hook, you know, I can remove that cuff. But, you know, are you going to help me? Last time you were going to try to help me, you betrayed me. And she's like, well, you don't have it a choice. So he cuts off the cuff and she gets rid of her shackles gives herself a makeover and uh, then uh, unshackles hook and so they uh, you know are ready to depart and he's like 
he doesn't leave. You know, she's like, I'm skedaddling. And he's like, I'm deuces. sticking around because I need some answers. And so that's what basically she says. She goes, deuces, and she leaves. And so he starts looking around and all this stuff. You know, there's got to be the squid ink. Where's the squid ink? You know, um, Emma puts the barrier outside. And uh, she enters. He um, finds an interesting painting that looks kind of like the opening of the show a little bit. You know, the, the forest. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It kind of did a little bit, yeah. and he takes it down, and then bam, the squid ink's um, behind it. He grabs it, throws it on her. She freezes because we all know that's what squid ink does. And um, he's like, "I'm, you know, I'm gonna stop you, and I need answers and all this kind of stuff." And so Zelina comes back into the house, and as he's asking, "You know, what happened to Camilla? What happened? You know, you're a villain, just like Regina said." And uh, Zelina's there, and she says, "You know, I'm gonna make the Dark One pay." And uh, Zelina stabs Hook in the chest, and he's like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "Hello, aren't you surprised you aren't dead?" Well, let me explain <laughs> why. And he, she's like, "I have uh, this." You know, she shows a dream catcher, and she's like, "I can show you exactly what happened. Do you want to see what happened?" And Emma's like, "Don't trust her. Everything that she says." you know, is a lie, you know, I can explain everything, and he's like, do it, show me my memories, and so, we see everything that happened, you know, the the dark magic saves Hook, you know, Emma holds him, she binds him to Excalibur, bam, he's a dark one as well, and so, Emma says, I'm, I'm so sorry, I didn't have a choice, and Hook says, there must be another explanation, and uh, Zelina shows Hook, the Excalibur sword and removes the glamour spell and it says Killian Jones on it and um, it says Emma Swan on the dagger end and uh, Emma's like I just wanted to make this up to you you know I was gonna do everything and I was gonna in one day and everything and disappear (laughs) everything was gonna be okay and I did it for you and I did it for you and then he's like no and then uh, she's like i was gonna get rid of the darkness from both of us and um she says i know i was gonna save you hook i was gonna save you and then hook (laughs) is angry and says we have no future and uh it was so much for our future yes and then zelina asks are you ready to find out what else happened in camelot and he says yes but first we have to take care of granny no Emma! Dun, dun, dun. The feels. So, so, what the hell did we think at the end of this episode? Katie, uh, explain this to us. I can't! I don't even know! I don't know. I just don't <laughs> know. Uh, I mean, I'm a little confused how all of a sudden... He's now that he's found out that he's a dark one, he's just like all of a sudden dark. I understand how initial emotions, knowing that Emma has turned him into the thing that he hated the most to try to save his life, even though he said not to do it, um, would bring a rush of really strong emotions. But like, wow, he like went to the nth degree with that. Um, I think it kind of explained why he was okay without it when you kind of see how Emma lost her dark oneness when 
she started trusting Killian and stopped paying attention to the dark voices. If you never know that the dark voices are there, well, then you're never dark. He he oh, he got it. Sense. He got it by virtue of just ignorance. Amnesia. Yeah. That makes sense, though, yeah. But there is the one part of how even when Emma like, was like she had no rumple in her head at the time, she still wasn't sleeping at night. Like, did Killian not notice that he wasn't sleeping? Did he? That's not, no one in the audience no, notices that. Like, because we didn't get a looks, we didn't get a look at it. But now we can assume maybe he was pacing the entire time. Maybe he was trying to sleep. Like, we don't know. I don't yeah. think we ever will. I think they just they're just gonna gloss over that. Probably. Um, but yeah. But also maybe if he didn't know he was a dark one, maybe he still was sleeping, or or maybe as as you guys were saying, he was tossing and turning. Maybe he thought with everything that's going on, I can't sleep. You know, I have all this energy because we need to figure out whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, and knowing that Emma was the dark one, they wouldn't even think that somebody else could be the dark one at the same time. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't, you know, there's an explanation, but, you know, it's very interesting. And um, you can kind of see looking back in the past few episodes where Hook has kind of flown off the handle a little bit with some people. Um, that might be some of his darkness shining through a little bit. Um but, yeah, it's really interesting, and it's going to add a lot of interesting dynamic to relationships coming up. So, um, it definitely seems like he's going for being really dark. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, I need to see it. <laughs> Two I need weeks. to know what's going on. I need to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I was so pissed. I was so mad. Uh, like I, the, the the one thing I really can't stand ever are hypocrites. And he just went from, "I love you. I'll forgive you for any sins except this." I'm so mad at you. Fuck this. I'm just like, ah, Hook. You know what? You're on my shit list. Like that. That that sword should say Captain Hook instead of. Killian Jones, because you're not worth it right now. You you don't deserve <laughs> that mantle right now. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. And the the good thing that I liked about this episode, besides like the crazy ass pregnancy, was David Anders coming with his like eye zombie bleached out hair. Yes. <laughs> just kind of like yes. la like yes. being like, what? Everybody's giving like Emma Swan a pass for her like deodorant hair, and like I don't I, like, I can stop this. Like, no. <laughs> I, that um, scene with him was fabulous. I'm Doctor, really I'm never delivering another baby whale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping the baby is named Ozma, just to tie it into um, the, the stories of Wizard of Oz. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if she, if her um, aging accelerates, because her birth was accelerated. Yeah, because yeah. if not, we're just gonna have a bunch of infants on the show. We're gonna have baby <laughs> because Neil. every season is like a week. You know, where's yeah. baby Neil? Ba no more baby Neil this week. Well, who have a playmate? He's with Granny. Yep. <laughs> Granny <laughs> had a there. <laughs> yes. Any other final thoughts on the episode? Uh, 
the episode has left everyone speechless. <laughs> basically, basically. Oh. Well, I'll say I enjoyed the episode as a whole. I thought it was action-packed. It was uh, filled with a lot of information that I'm thankful that we finally have. And uh, it was a really great episode overall, in my opinion. I totally agree with um, Priscilla, in a sense. I'm like, how can you go like several times in the episode saying, I'll forgive you, I do forgive you, it was okay, and then bam, <laughs> the emotions take over. And uh, he's basically like, uh, no, 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 um, this is the limit, this is my limit, you've done too much, Emma. That was, you know, a bit much, but and wow, understandable uh, in a sense. Everybody else like really, really, really likes this episode, and I like, I detested this episode for that very same reason because it's just filled with a whole bunch of people that are hypocrites and emotions that like kind of go, "I love you, no, I don't. I'm here for you, no, I'm not." Like it's, ah, uh, it I don't the crap agree with you. I can see where you're coming from, but I don't agree with you because I. I have to agree with Hillary from Queen of Hades on Tumblr. I have to give her a shout out for what she said earlier. For oh. how this is not Katie. <laughs> that, I love her. <laughs> that I don't think that he's so much as angry for he's angry for what she did because it wasn't his will. It wasn't what he wanted, but I don't think that he's going to stay mad at her for it. And I don't think that he was, yes, I love you, now I don't, now I do. It's more like, well, now you did this to me, and now you have to pay the price for both of us. And you damned the both of us instead of just me, and now we have to take care of that. And now, yaddy, I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't go into the rest of what she said, but... Hmm. I... Uh, I don't think that he... We see that even though he was the dark one, without knowing it, that his love overshadowed everything. That no matter what he was feeling, it was for Emma. So I don't think him just realizing that he's the dark one out of nowhere is going to change the way that he feels. Huh. And with me, though, I kind of feel like love, you see it in Snow and Charming, that no matter what, you do your best to sort things out. You do your best to look for the best in that person and he just kind of gave up entirely which makes me think like you're not true love like that's not that's not how love works with love like you you stay there and you work it out you go through things even emma is the dark one tried her best to protect hook and hook is just like well we're not having a happy ending anymore and I, i'm just kind of like swan just be like okay you're gonna go to hell i'm gonna save you but after that bye like no like this isn't true love i deserve more for myself just wait like, till the next episode, I promise. <laughs> Interesting thoughts thought. and theories. Changer be like yes. Well, I'll accept hyphenated. Yes, I'll accept it. <laughs> Ash, okay. one word to describe your feeling on the episode. Uh. <laughs> I, I thought that would have been Priscilla's. So Priscilla, your one word. <laughs> I'm 
put it in a hashtag so it's all one smashed up word. Hashtag <laughs> why you hating? Hashtag oh why my. you hating? <laughs> and for me, I'll say epic. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Yes. So, Katie, I think it's time to get a little spoilery. Yes, it is. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is your official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. For all of these spoilers and a ton more that are bound to come out in the next few weeks, you can check our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybrookweeklymirror. You can also visit my um, site at storybrookmirror.com. We uh, will be posting all of the um, spoilers and information that comes out um, pretty much almost as soon as it comes out. So make sure you're following that if you're interested in that. So we do have a lot of spoilers that came out. We'll just go over a few right now. Um, The title for the 13th episode has been released. The title is Labor of Love, and it is written by Andrew Chamblis and Dana Horgan. Um, we also have some casting information. Um, so we've been kind of getting a bunch of, uh, casting returning characters for the 100th episode, but we have heard, and I think a lot of us have said that we wanted to see this character back. Victoria Smurfett will be coming back as Corella DeVille, yes. but... She will not be in the 100th episode, <gasps> but she will be popping up in multiple episodes randomly Ooh. for the next arc. So that will be super interesting to see how they kind of work that out. Um, but she was definitely a fan favorite, so it's going to be really exciting to see her back, I believe. Um, I know a lot of people have been asking to have her back, especially with uh, everyone's theories, and obviously this is happening, but going to the underworld, it makes sense that she would be there. Um, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) So, yes, we'll be seeing her in multiple episodes for the next half of the season, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of returning characters, I have to talk about this article that really pissed me off. Um... So, E.T., I believe, E.T. Online came out with an article. They asked the creators if Sebastian Stan or Jamie Dornan would be returning as the Mad Hatter or um, as well as the and the Huntsman for the 100th episode. And as we've been saying multiple times, I know they're not coming back. And the creators confirmed that they're not coming back. They're just too hard to pin down um they're super super busy they've broken out in the big hollywood world and um they're just too busy to be in our show which sucks but uh yes they will not be (laughs) appearing in the 100th episode Um, hashtag shocker i'm gonna go burn a bunch of copies of 50 shades but okay he has two two shows plus a film like series and the Hatter, like, I forgot what his actor's name is. He's in Marvel, so, no. I, I, Hashtag I, shocker. Yeah. So, Katie, I heard on your show that Sebastian Stan is going to return to Once Upon a Time. Oh my gosh, guys. Guys. It's happening. <laughs> 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 
Uh, yeah, so we will not be seeing them. Uh, just to clarify that there. We will not be seeing them, unfortunately. We can cross our fingers for maybe the future, but more than likely, we will not be seeing them. They're just too busy. Um, so, Robbie Kay did an interview, um, uh, kind of talking about his role coming back for the 100th episode. I know, I'm so excited. Um, so he kind of, I'm trying to, he talked with IGN, people, the people at IGN, they kind of interviewed him for, um, for, uh, yeah, his return to the 100th episode. And he said that he will be playing Pan a little differently. We may see a little bit of a change in Pan's demeanor in this 100th episode. Um, Robbie Kay said there might be more of a vulnerability and more of a sense the world has affected him as a result of what happened in season three. So, we'll see kind of how his uh, character is acting when we see him again. Um, And Robbie also said that for now, he's just laid to appear in the 100th episode, but he isn't sure if his reappearance will just be a one-time thing or if we will see him again uh, throughout the next half of the season. Um, So, cross your fingers for that. Maybe it'll be kind of like Cruella and we'll see him pop up a little bit more. That would be kind of cool, I think. Um, But we'll see. Um, so kind of going off of, um, Hook being mad at Emma, um, we, EW, um, did an article, and they also had a spoiler, a little spoiler clip from earlier this week, where they said that, um, he will find out from a surprising face giving him his memories from Camelot, or more of his memories from Camelot, that it is not Emma that he should be mad at. There's someone else to blame for their current predicament. So, um, we will... Sick him on our beloved beloved king. Oh, yes, please. (laughs) So, we'll we'll be seeing there. Um, And then, lastly, the creators were talking to Zap to it, and they kind of we're talking about the um, series, the eventual series finale. This isn't like a for sure the series finale is coming up soon. Katie, um, I heard the show's getting canceled on your radio show. Shut <laughs> <laughs> your mouth. And, um, anyways, basically what they said. This is what Adam Horowitz said. He said, "We do have the ending in our." our heads we will not share it of course um when we started the show we had this idea at the very start and although we get people coming in and out over the years things have evolved but that core idea remains and it has solidified itself as we move forward we're excited to one bit one day build toward it this is a show about love and hope and we are going to see these couples fight for their happy endings so Mm -hmm. there's that and then just to add a fun little uh thing eddie of course had to chime in and he says everybody dies and we learn that a show about hope ends with you having no hope that's a twist no one saw coming the show is actually going to be the bleakest darkest way possible with everyone dying but he's obviously just kidding so do not come into my half box and start whining but could you imagine like i want to pay someone to write that fic right now that emma is the only one alive and that she's using the from spoiler from next episode, I guess I have to use it. 
the, en- the enchanted ale and everyone doesn't remember that they died and they're just around her as apparitions. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. No, that would be amazing. No, no, no. That would be horrible. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically that's all that I have um, for right now. Um, but the ratings have come out for both hours of the episode. And for the eighth episode, um, it was bumped up from last week's initial 1.5 in the demographics to a 1.6 in the demographics, which is fantastic. Um, so Spoiler TV is saying that for the first episode... We had 5.04 million viewers, which is up from last week's, which is fantastic. Um, So a 1.6 in the demographics and 5.04 million viewers for birth. So that's all I've got. Well, on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. If you are listening to us live on Tuesday, stick around for our recap of episode 509, The Bear King. Visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Co-host, can you please wish the listeners a good night? Good night, guys. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone. Bye.